Michelle uh, had to be called out of town on a ministry trip. Um, they're actually out of state, and they were hoping to be back uh, yesterday, but they had to uh, add an extra day, so they're coming home. Uh, well, they should be in process of coming home right now. Pastor texted me this morning and uh, just to uh, tell, us, tell us that he's praying over us and, and that he would, they were on their way to the airport. But, uh, yeah, so he sends his love to everybody. And uh, we have this weekend is our food ministry. So on Friday, if you're available to come out about 1 o'clock uh, Friday, that's just to kind of help set things up. And then on Saturday, the actual food giveaway is from uh, 10 a.m. to noon. If Again, if you're able to help, you can come around 9.30 and just kind of, again, get things ready. You'll really enjoy it. I, I've been able to help a couple times, and uh, it is a, a blessing to be there. And, and um, you know, and sometimes all you're doing, I mean, if you're, you're afraid that you have to, uh, sometimes you think, you know, I have to preach or, or minister or pray. No, sometimes it's just taking out a bag of groceries for someone, you know, that's just, I'm not able to carry it all, and it's just to be there, just to say hi, to, to give a little smile to them. So, again, if you're able to participate, please come on down. Steve and Eileen can sure use your help. Uh, it's, a, it's a big job. It's a big job, but it's well worth the effort for that. Well, for our tithes and offerings, uh, Pastor has a, a verse for us. Um, it's found in the book of Joshua. I believe it's the uh, eighth, uh, yes. So let me uh, read this uh, to you. And it's this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In Jesus' name, yes. And, and you know, folks, um, it's funny, just the other day we have the homeschool here during the week and one of the mothers, and I'm here with the homeschool, and um, one of the moms came up to me. She has a son that just graduated from high school, and uh, she was asking me about what his gifts for the church are. He's, he's having a hard time finding out what he's supposed to do, and my answer to her was, wherever there's a need, let him go and fill that, help fill that need, and he'll know where he belongs. He'll find that niche where God wants him, but it's just starting off just to be there, just to whatever, you know, if it's to be able to come on the weekend to help with food ministry, just come, because whatever you do for the Lord, he's going to honor that, and he's going to bless you for that, and uh, one day when we all get to heaven, he's going to say, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant, I saw you at the food ministry on October 22nd, giving out food, <laughs> amen, amen. Well, Pastor has a prayer for us, uh, for our offering, so uh, let's uh, read that together. That should come up on the screen, so let's preach it together. As I give in today's offering, I stand on God's word. It is perfect, trustworthy, and supernatural. His word is his voice into my life, and I believe that God's promises are for me, and by faith I receive them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, folks, we are so blessed to have so many gifts in our church body, and you are all gifts. Each and every one of you have a gift, and we were blessed a couple years to have uh, Pastor Eric and his family join us, 
and uh, as a worship leader, but uh, he's also has such a wonderful gift of sharing the word of God. So Pastor Eric, why don't you come on up and uh, give us some words of wisdom. tired of me yet <laughs> oh praise the lord good morning everyone um today i'd like to share a little bit i'm gonna continue where pastor waltz is going i've been we've been kind of i've been asking him like well you're on mark chapter four and he and he's so gracious because he's always whatever the spirit leads brother you know he's really like that and i said well i want to be kind of aligned you know with with what's going on here in the church and he's in mark chapter four and um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 today, commencing around verse 23. So if you have your Bibles, if you can open them, and we're going to continue through this. And I was kind of chuckling because I went and did this whole study and I thought, did I preach this study already here? <laughs> and I, I just may have, but I feel like the Lord has a different spin or a different take on this message because you guys know that the Lord speaks different ways at different times. You know, you can, you can read a scripture and one day it ministers to you one way, read it another time and it ministers to you another way. So if we can pray and we'll get into it, Mark chapter 4, and we'll start at uh, verse 21. Verse 21. And let's pray. Father, we thank you this, this morning uh, for this great assembly of uh, believers, Lord, that we're here to just learn and to draw from your word. And Lord, we ask that you would anoint the word, that it would not be this flesh, but your spirit speaking through this body. We thank you to all of us that we, that more light will be declared here today in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, the name of the message is, Let There Be Light. Let there be light. Because uh, we're living in dark times. How many of you guys would say that we are living in interesting times? I mean, things that normally we get away with or we would see once in a long while, or seem to be more norm, right, around in our society. Things are getting twisted. The norms of what is right and what is wrong are totally shifted. And like I like to say, we've come a long way from, from happy days and, and I Love Lucy and all those older programs where they had two separate beds. And, and, you know, it just, and then, you know, even from, you know, uh, Family Matters and all these cool little quirky little shows on television. You know, life has been getting a little... Uh, interesting in so much that we're seeing people move out you know kind of move out but how many of you guys know that sometimes God is has us here for a purpose and for a plan and for a reason see I believe that God has us here almost like Esther remember the story of Esther for such a time as this for such a time as this these are some dark days but these are some glorious days because these are the last days, and I believe that God is going to use each and every one of us as his instruments to share the gospel, or to share the good news with those who are around us. And it is our duty as Christians to be that light, as we read in verse 21. And he says to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which shall not be revealed, nor has there been kept secret, but it shall not come to light. If anyone hears who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then what the Spirit is saying. So more than ever, we have this, this time where I believe God wants us to, 
shine as lights. You know, I was thinking about, you know, how this great exodus, we're hearing about people leaving California and people getting out of here. They don't like, you know, the stuff going on, whether it's the politics or the morality or what's going on, what, whatever the, the, the thing may be. But I was thinking about Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, and how it reads, Now the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And I can't help but to think how the, the term formless and void means that it was like sin and chaos. It was almost like un, un, uneven. It was un, it, things were like shaking or not right or out of order. And I can't help but to think how God is always there when there's disorder, where there's, you think there's darkness or you think there's sin, much more is grace. And where you think there's darkness, much more is light. Because light expels darkness. And I believe that in these last days that God is looking for a church to say, let there be light, amen. Let there be light on the earth. Let there be light in your home. Let there be light in your workplace. Let there be light when you're at the marketplace. Wherever you go, let there be light. Because you may be dark, it may look dark, but you're the answer, amen. You're the answer to the problem. You sit, now tell your neighbor that you're the answer, amen. It's, it's not a politician. Before, before you think it's going to be a politician that's going to save us, it's going to be Jesus who's going to save us. Let's get that straight. Amen. Jesus is going to save us. So let there be light. And, I, and it, asks, it bodes a question and it says, well, how do we manifest light? It's the next question. How do I manifest light? Well, there, I mean, I've got a few things I'd like to go through. One of them is light is seen through our fruit. Through our fruit. Ephesians 5, verse 7 to 14, it says, Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead expose them, for it's disgraceful even to speak the things that are done in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake sleeper, arise from the dead, Christ will shine on you. See, one way that we can, we can uh, uh, show our light or make our light so shine is to live as somebody who walks in the light, who bears the fruit of it. We've been talking about the different soils of the heart and the fruit that they bear. Well, this is the fruit that is being born in your life and in my life. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit, as we see in Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, 22. It is the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the attributes that look like Christ. So when you're walking around, somebody notices, why is that guy happy all the time? Why do they look content? Why do they look like something is different in their life? And I say to you, it is the fruit of light in your life. God's Holy Spirit living inside of you, living inside of me, and he manifests. You've heard the saying, I've said it before, it's St. Francis of Assisi liked to say that saying, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. See, because it's constant. There's things we're speaking somehow through our character, through our actions, it's speaking. You know, I, I, I thought of this message and how, how I, I look out in the congregation and I see all different ages, some are older, some are middle, some are younger. 
And I like to say that I know that may, wherever you're at, you are put there to be alive. I believe that God has called some of you, some of you people look up to you all the time because you're a leader or you're a figure in the family that is like leadership, it's like a mentor or you're like a mom or you're a grandmother and people are looking to you and God says he wants you to be the light. Some of you younger ones that are in school, you hear stuff but you know it's not right. You know in your knower that it's not right and you have an answer. Maybe we need to be that answer, amen? So we can show the light through our character, through our fruit. The second thing I have, second thing we share light through is that we're, we're, that we make sure that we're always ready to share the light or share the word. First Peter chapter 3 says this, In your hearts, sanctify Christ as Lord always. Be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason, the hope that is in you. But respond with gentleness and respect. Have, be ready. Be ready for an answer. You know, I know as uh, growing up as a Christian, uh, I remember I used to want to want to like debate. I want. I was waiting for the people to come. You know, I wanted the you know Jehovah's Witness come to the door, the the Mormons come to the door, and I'd be like, you know, I want to talk to them like because I had an answer. But the Bible says to do it with gentleness and with respect. Amen. So we do it with love. So may we have that that willingness to be ready to share the light in love. Romans 10, 13 to 15 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that. But how then do they call on one in whom they have not believed? Or how can they believe in one whom they haven't heard? Or how can they hear without someone to preach to them? And how can they preach unless someone sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Oh, man, there's no bigger joy than to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. I want to encourage you. You know, in the back, I, I was reading these, these cool flyers that, that the church had made up. They're really good. They have a guy knocking on the door. It's not a guy. It's Jesus, right? <laughs> Jesus is knocking on the door because he knocks on the door of the heart. And in the back, there's all these cool scriptures. You know, you should maybe grab one out there on the way out. Grab some and, and, and say to yourself, you know, because it's, this is always one of the hard ones. I'm going to, you know, just get real right here. This is always one of the hard ones in church. You know, you tell everyone, man, we're going to have a prayer meeting. That's a hard one. Maybe three people show up. You tell them, hey, man, we're going to go maybe share the gospel. That's a hard one. Many people are, are kind of intimidated by the, the idea of sharing the gospel. And but yet, the cults and the false religions and the false teachers, they're out there at six in the morning with stands sharing their false gospel. <laughs> they're on bikes going through the streets, knocking on doors, sharing their false gospel. And I know that. I know that it's, it's interesting, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. So we're going to, hopefully we could tackle some of this. Maybe it's as simple as grabbing one of these and say, hey, you know what, man, I... God bless you or something, and just handing it to someone. Because I've seen it done in many ways. You know, you're in the church long enough, man. We've had, in the past, I've been in, give water to the joggers ministry out on the riverbed. <laughs> give food to the guys under the bridges ministry to witness. Street evangelize, pulling up speaker. Come on, repent. You know, everything. And you might say, well, I don't know if that's for me. That's obnoxious. Yeah, but it's still, it's still evangelism. 
friendship evangelism I've been involved in where you open your home and you bring people over, come on over, and you just have a Bible study, you get to know people, and some people say, oh, that's the right way to evangelize. I'm here to say that they're all right ways to evangelize. Every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, because we are to be a light. Nobody puts a lamp on a, on a, on a stand and covers it. The lamp is to shine. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. How do we get to know what we're going to share with somebody? I suggest get the word of God in you. Oh, get the word of God in you. I, I remember we went on this trip one time and, and we had this uh, older man, little short guy, and he was probably the greatest evangelist i ever seen in my life. Everywhere this man went, he just shared and he just shared and people coming to the Lord, you know, he'd go, go get a hot dog. People coming to the Lord, he'd go to, he'd go, we were at the airport, it was all blown down, there was this big tornado, there was 200 people there and we're sitting there and we were, we were having conversation and uh, this man was there, he was from the power team, uh, he, the, remember they used to bend the, bend the things and rip the books? Any of you guys remember that? Well, it's an old minister, big buff dude. I went over there and I said, hey, they were telling me, hey, that guy's here, I forgot his name. I went over there, I met him, and I go, oh, let me introduce you to this evangelist. And he goes, oh, yeah, you've been evangelist? Oh, yeah, I've been leading a lot, we've been leading a lot of people to the Lord. Yeah, what are you using? He goes, oh, I got this little speaker here. Well, yeah, how do you do it? And he goes, well, do you have someone that speaks Tagalog? And he goes, yeah. And we're in an airport, mind you, an airport, blown down, 200 people there, over. He goes, yeah, I got someone that speaks Tagalog. Okay, well, bring him over here. Turned on the speaker. We're in Tacloban. It's all destroyed. And he starts preaching the gospel. And he says this, real simple. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Jesus said, this is the good news, that he gave us power to become the sons of God. Imagine that. Then he said, Jesus said, to as many as believe in him, he gave them the power. If you just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus died and was born, rose again, you can be saved. How many of you guys want to just ask Christ to come into your life? Three verses. 125 hands went up at least. Just like that. See hands going up right now. Amen. <laughs> you know, it, simple verses, it's coming, it's almost like, Lord, you know, I, I've never done it before. I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of, what do you call it? But uh, I, how do I get started? Well, let's get word in us. Let's get scripture inside of us. I think it helps. And all of us have a testimony. Don't you have a testimony? What did God do in your life? Come on now. Everybody has a testimony. You can share that. Remember one time we had, um, what did we have? We had role-playing. <laughs> it's so funny, you know, role-playing on how to evangelize, you know. Anyway, that's another story, but we'll keep going. Let me, get, let me get back. So we fill ourselves with scriptures. We, we, we learn these things. We, 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 so, and then we pray for opportunities. I feel like I'm more busy being a light when I pray, Lord, help me to shine like a light. You say, I feel more busy being light when I say, Lord, use me and, and help me to be light. Because sometimes we have not quite simply because we ask not. James 4, 2b, right, the second part of it. We have not simply because we don't ask. And sometimes we need to just ask, Lord, use me. And you'd be surprised what can happen when you say, Lord, use me. You know, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for a heart or a 
that is loyal, ready to be used by him. He's just, he's just looking. He's looking for those people. It's not how tall you are, how smart you are, how handsome or gorgeous you are. It's not about any of that. It's about your availability to God and saying, yes, I'll, be, I'll do it, Lord. That's all it is God's looking for. I remember uh, I used to go to, um, we used to call it Harvard on the Hill right here, Rio Hondo College right here in Whittier. Amen. And uh, I remember praying, Lord, I want to be used, Lord. Use me. And then, so one day I'm sitting there, and I want to win someone to Christ. And one day we're just sitting there, this guy comes up to me and he says, yeah, I really want to know about Jesus. And I went, what? <laughs> yeah, I really want to know about Jesus. You know, Mary and Joseph? And I'm like, oh, what in the world? It was just mind-blowing, I guess, because I had prayed for it. But we should be expecting to <laughs> have an answer. Anyway, the story goes, as I got to share with him about Christ, about a week later, he was in his car, and he had to pull over because the Spirit of God just, just fell on him, and he was just weeping, and I guess God did something in his life and where he said, I know the, transition, the transformation happened. So God was pulling him. God was wooing him. So let's just keep going. So we pray. In Acts 4, 29 to 31, now the Lord, cons- uh, this is uh, cons- uh, speaking of the church, when it was being persecuted with John and Peter, they were being persecuted, and they, they, they said, man, you guys better stop preaching in that name. They threatened them. They said, you guys don't ever preach in that name again. They went back, and they were all excited, like, praise God, we got to suffer for Christ. Praise the Lord. We got persecuted. Hallelujah. How many guys go out there and get persecuted for Christ and praise the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. I just got spit on for Christ. Glory, you know. Get about a couple hundred of these and start passing them out in town. You might actually start to feel what that feels like. They might go. <laughs> so when they came back, they felt that experience. In verse 29, the Lord, uh, they begin to pray. They, they said, okay, we're not going to cry about this. We're going to pray about this. Amen. That's the answer. The answer is prayer. 29 says, now, Lord, this is them midway in prayer. Consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak the word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And they prayed, and the place that they were meeting in was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. In other words, when they prayed, they got the power, they got the answer, which was the power of the Spirit, and they got the anointing and the word to go, the boldness to go. So, prayer works. Lord, I need some. I need. I need. I need some help. I, I haven't been a light, Lord. I pray that you fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Give me the power. Give me the boldness that I need to be your light. More light, Lord. More light. He filled them with boldness. And Proverbs twenty-eight one says that the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. And we and we see that and. So when it comes to be having the fear of rejection, because I think that's what it is. The biggest fear is that somebody's going to get this thing, crumble it up and throw it down. Or hear your word and say, ah, you believe that fairy tale? Oh. I told someone about Jesus is coming back. He looked at me like I've lost my mind. I mean, he literally looked at me like, wow, you know, like, ooh, you're one of those? Like, he looked at me like he found something weird or strange. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> Come on. One of those. 
What do I, what do I say? What do I say? Maybe that's the next thing you say. What am I going to say if I witness? You know, what am I going to say? What shall I say? Luke 12, 12 says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what to say. I don't know how many times I would sit there and I go, man, I want to talk to this person. I go, oh, Lord, I don't know what to say. And in my spirit, I felt like the Lord was saying, open your mouth, I'll fill it. You open your mouth, I trust, trust me, God will fill it. God will give you the words to speak. So the second part of Mark chapter 4, verse 23, that second part, it, it talks about that which is hidden will be revealed. The soil of the heart will be revealed of what sort it is. The light will reveal it. See, and it says this, For there's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that shall not come into the light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus said this, remember Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He will see all things and his word will manifest it. You know, a lot of times we think we're undercover, but God sees everything. And we know this. God sees everything. That, that has to do with even our witness, what kind of fruit we're producing. That also comes to show us as to what another person is thinking or what they're feeling. God sees everything. Don't worry about it. You go up to somebody, you don't know what to say. What you do is you just share the light, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Leave all that stuff to God because it will be revealed. You don't know where they're at. We've found, you know, through the years I've found that sometimes you go up to people at the right time. God sent you out to that neighborhood at the right time, sent you to that person at the right time, where that person, the light shines, and that person was contemplating suicide, wanting to end their own life, and God, and God sent you there to say, hey, no, life is precious. Life is, Jesus loves you. And maybe they need to hear something like that, something of, a positive, affirming word from God. When's the last time someone told you that they love you? And you think about it, you say, man, well, the God of all heaven sent me here today to let you know that he loves you. Oh, it's powerful because we've seen it time and time again. We've seen drug deals just at the right moment. A drug dealer say, man, I just threw away all my, all my stash. And he goes, and I was contemplating the last ounce whether I should throw it away. I said, go home. Throw it away, and God will get you, get you with your money and your job, you know. And I'm okay, Lord, I, you know. <laughs> I, I believe and pray. You started it, you know. Preach the word. And uh, Jesus is the light. He manifests all things. He's going to expose that heart of what sort it is. He's going to expose it. I don't have to worry about it. Just share the word, because when the light shines, you can see clearer. I think about a shirt. I didn't wear the right shirt today. I, brought, I wore a shirt that even if I had dirt on it, you probably couldn't see it. It's all kind of camouflaged. <laughs> I was supposed to wear a white button-up shirt today, and I forgot. Okay, sorry, guys. But if I had my white button-up shirt, just imagine it's a white button-up. And you're out there, you would not see the little stains from me eating, you know, uh, you know and, and food dropping and, and whatnot. But if you came closer and you put a light to it, you'd be able to see it clear. In fact, in science now, in these crime labs, they're able to see clearly different things, blood stains and whatnot, by putting light to it. And that's what Jesus does, amen? He puts, his word puts light to our circumstance. That's why it says everything that's hidden will be revealed. His word reveals it. That's why when you go out there, or maybe you're hearing a message and you're hearing it, and something kind of rubs you a little, and you're like, ouch, you know? The light was kind of shining. You know, maybe you heard something. I, I know I've sat here, and I've, 
I've laughed, I've, I've maybe shared or something. You see, you see people, you know, hitting each other. I'll be sitting there watching people, and the, the pastor's saying something, they kind of nudge each other. Because a light was shining in a certain area. God was revealing it of what sort it was. Well, I think that's what Isaiah was experiencing when he was in the presence of God, when he said, oh God, I'm a man of unclean lips. Like I'm not worthy because he was in the presence of God and he felt like, man, I have a bad tongue. What am I doing here? Nonetheless, maybe you've shared the gospel and maybe you didn't get the response you expected. You shared the gospel and you got a negative response. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you share the gospel, you got a negative response, it's because something hit a nerve. Something hit a nerve. Something bothered that person. And it's not just religion. It's the light. The light was shown, and oftentimes when the light is shown, the Holy Spirit is revealing things. He's the conv- he convicts people of sin, and he brings people to Jesus. He's showing Jesus. Jesus is the light. He's revealing, and people get convicted because they know that, man, I know what I should be doing, and I'm not there right now. But that's the blessing. Because how shall they come unless they hear? How shall they get saved unless somebody shares with them? Amen? That's the blessing. In the beginning, John 1, was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and this we know this to be Jesus. All things were made through Him. Without him, nothing was made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of man. The life, the life-giving gospel was the light of man. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness didn't even comprehend it. Guys, we might shine, just so you know, you might shine today, and they might not even see what you're shining. But be encouraged, amen? Because look what Mark chapter 4, verse 24 says. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It's, it's a lot easier to understand talking about he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he adds, pay pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching and understand, a more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, even the little understanding they have will be taken away. It's to say that God is saying that, listen, when you hear these things, when we hear the messages of God, to lean into those messages. These are keys to, to grab a hold of what, what's being said and use it because when you grab a hold of something and you use it, guess what? More will be given to you. It's interesting. In the, in the, in, in the kingdom, the more you receive and the more you give, the more you get back. It's like, it's like this kingdom principle. Kind of like, yeah, you know, so hear it. Lean with intent to receive and do what we can do to shine for God. We want to listen to this because there's a key in shining bright. I don't know if you've heard it. I've said it before. Darkness is ignorance. To be in darkness is like to not be able to see and know your way. It's like ignorance. Light is understanding. You will bring more life and understanding to those you're around. You will get more understanding, thus you can shine more. So the more you take from God, the more you're getting, the more you're going to receive, the more you're going to be able to shine light into people. That's why I love it to see people constant, you know, just going to church and being, being fed all the time and, and, and doing the things of God. Because the more you receive, the more you can 
give out. The more you read and spend time with God, the more God can pull out of you to share with somebody. Because we're all, we're all in a process. We're all the army of God. God is moving in us. God is changing us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And as we fill ourselves with that word, we can be a light. The old expression, oh, I see the light, because something was illuminated to them. We are that illuminating light. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, once preached a sermon, and every few, few minutes he would stop, and he would, just, he would just be writing, and he'd keep preaching, and he'd be writing, and he'd keep preaching, and he would write, and somebody was in the audience and said, I wonder what Spurgeon is doing, like, what is he writing, and and wow, it must be profound. So when he finished, he snuck behind the pulpit to see what Charles Spurgeon was writing on his little pamphlet. And what he was writing was, more light, Lord. More light, Lord. I need more light. I need more illumination, more understanding. Because the more light we have, the more we can give to people. The more we can, can, can just bless somebody and give them understanding for their situation. Amen. And he knew the importance of shining light to the people and to those he preached to. And I said it earlier, every once in a while the preacher gets a bird's eye view of people kind of hitting themselves, hitting each other because God is speaking and the light is shining and it is ministering to those who are around. And this is my final point and I'll, I'll it's section and we'll go ahead and close. So Lord, more light, Father, more light we pray. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29 says, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and he should go to sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after the full grain in the head. But the grain ripens immediately, he pulls a sickle, because the harvest has come. And still in line with the preaching of Jesus and shining the light and Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, the, the light. One of the toughest things that we have to deal with is waiting for a harvest. Can I get an amen? Oh, there's some people here. I bet you if I, if I sat down and heard your story that you have been praying for years for something or someone. And you are, in essence, planting and watering that seed which you planted years ago. And you're still waiting on your harvest. The kingdom of God is such, we don't know how it happens. I think it's the greatest miracle of all that a person come to Christ. Not that somebody's neck goes away or that, although those are beautiful because God does heal today. You know, the tumor went away. That's awesome. I, I, God is a healer. But man, for someone to change a person's heart, for a heart to be soft, to receive God's word, and to accept him as Lord and Savior, that is the biggest miracle that can happen. Somebody coming to Christ. Because, man, only God can open our eyes or illuminate or lighten our path. The seed, the seed is that which is sown. It's the word. Oh, the, the person who does the work, he goes to sleep night and day. He doesn't know yet. He's just kind of looking. We don't know. How, I don't know how a seed grows. You guys know how a seed grows? I mean, there's probably somebody out there that does. But, I mean, I've never seen a seed really grow. You just see it pop out, and it's like, oh, there it is. And it's a miracle because it looks dead when you see it, right? 
And so it is, you're, 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 you're sowing the word of God. In fact, that's scriptural, right? 1 Corinthians 3, 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God makes it grow, or God gives the increase. Neither is he who plants one or he who waters anything, but God who makes it grow. That's scriptural. We do is we're called to plant or scatter seed, if you would. Plant seed, water. I can't make that thing grow if I want to do. Only God can make it grow. So some of you are out there, you already do this. You are the light. That is your practice. That is who you are. You share the gospel. You, you maybe grab these and now when you're, you have somebody, you leave them somewhere. You leave them with someone. Maybe that's who you are. And you might be wondering, like, what's going on, Lord? <laughs> hey, maybe you're like, oh, man, why isn't it growing? Why isn't it growing? Why isn't my ministry growing? Well, have you sowed seed lately? Have you watered seed lately? Because that's when we see things grow, when we work the field. One preacher said it like this. He said, you ought not to expect a harvest if you do not work your field. <laughs> One does not expect a harvest if he does not work his field. So if you're there and you're working the field, and you're saying, well, I don't understand. Why is it growing? Well, that's not for us. God gives the increase. You just keep planting your seed. You just keep sharing. You keep believing. You keep praying, whatever it is you're doing, and God will bring the increase. I always love the scripture, Galatians 6, 9. I share it sometimes when I feel weary or I feel somebody's weary. Let us not become weary in well-doing, for in proper time we will reap the harvest if we, give up, we don't give up. And in 2 Corinthians 2, 6, a hardworking farmer must partake of the crop. So consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. God is... I believe God is calling us to go to that next level. Maybe take a step today when you leave. Grab, grab some of these. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them and I'm going to at least pass a couple to some folks or something. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, Lord, use me today. Whether it's my actions or that I, maybe I don't even say anything, but I'm going to be the light. Or maybe it's to share. Right now I have an extra seat in my car because my daughter is, is away at college and I'm like, Lord, I have an extra seat. <laughs> Who do you want me to bring to church? Maybe we'll want to pray like that. Let's pray. Let, let's pray that Lord does a work here at the Hills Church, Arcadia. Man, may, imagine everyone brought someone. Be all packed out. And that, it's not that it's about being packed out, but there'll be some new, more people in heaven when we get there. How about that? How about that? You can't take anything to heaven, but you can take a soul. You can't, you know, there, there's not much anyone's going to remember about you when we're gone other than what you left behind or what you've said or who, how you've been. So I encourage you today, and I just want to say God bless you. As we have the worship team, we're going to go in and pray. I'm have the worship team come up. Lord, we thank you, Lord, uh, today. I, I know that even for myself, this message is, is uh, once again rekindling that, which I need, which is to witness. So, Lord, I pray for all of us as a congregation, Lord, that you will give us a, a strength, give us an anointing, uh, a light, more light, Lord, to share with those that were around, to share with family, to share with friends, to share with unbelievers, people we barely come in contact with. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.